Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Sunday, May 14th. Torah was meant to be lived out in community and in the context of relationships. A very effective way to study the Bible is in a small group during a midrash, or discussion. This helps you to go deeper into the Word as you take time to reflect on it, make connections from one scripture to another, and apply the scriptures to your personal walk. We have added a new feature on the Daily Audio Torah website. If you are involved in a small group Bible study or would like to start one, we can help you. We have added discussion questions for you to use when your group gathers. We will post discussion questions for every Shabbat reading, and they will be posted on the website a week in advance, so you have time to read and prepare ahead of time. We have also posted guidelines for leaders and facilitators to help you grow your small group in a healthy way. Just go to the new pick on the menu, Discussion Questions, and you will find everything you need there to nurture and grow your small group. We also offer coaching support if you need help or have questions. See the guidelines for Leaders PDF for details. Have fun learning and growing in God's Word together in your small group. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Brit Hadashah. Today we begin a new Torah portion, Bamidbar, and it means in the wilderness. Numbers 1, 1-20 A year after Israel's departure from Egypt, the Lord spoke to Moses in the tabernacle in the wilderness of Sinai. On the first day of the second month of that year, he said, From the whole community of Israel, record the names of all the warriors by their clans and families. List all the men, twenty years old or older, who are able to go to war. You and Aaron must register the troops, and you will be assisted by one family leader from each tribe. These are the tribes and the names of the leaders who will assist you. Reuben, Eliezer, son of Shidur, tribe, Simeon, leader, Shelumiel, son of Zurishadai, tribe, Judah, leader, Nashon, son of Aminadab, tribe, Issachar, leader, Nathanael, son of Zuar, tribe, Zebulun, leader, Eliab, son of Helon, tribe, Ephraim, son of Joseph, leader, Elishama, son of Amihud, tribe, Benjamin, leader, Abidan, son of Gideonai, tribe, Dan, leader, Ahiazir, son of Amishadai, tribe, Asher, leader, Pagiel, son of Okran, tribe, Gad, leader, Eliasaf, son of Deul, 
tribe Naphtali, leader Ahira, son of Enon. These are the chosen leaders of the community, the leaders of their ancestral tribes, the heads of the clans of Israel. So Moses and Aaron called together these chosen leaders, and they assembled the whole community of Israel on that very day. All the people were registered according to their ancestry by their clans and families. The men of Israel who were twenty years old or older were listed one by one, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. So Moses recorded their names in the wilderness of Sinai. 1 Samuel 15, 1-16-23 One day Samuel said to Saul, It was the Lord who told me to anoint you as king of his people Israel. Now listen to this message from the Lord. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies has declared. I have decided to settle accounts with the nation of Amalek for opposing Israel when they came from Egypt. Now go and completely destroy the entire Amalekite nation, men, women, children, babies, cattle, sheep, goats, camels, and donkeys. So Paul mobilized his army at Telaim. There were 200,000 soldiers from Israel and 10,000 men from Judah. Then Saul and his army went to a town of the Amalekites and lay in wait in the valley. Saul sent this warning to the Kenites, Move away from where the Amalekites live, or you will die with them. For you showed kindness to all the people of Israel when they came up from Egypt. So the Kenites packed up and left. Then Saul slaughtered the Amalekites from Havilah all the way to Shur, east of Egypt. He captured Agag, the Amalekite king, but completely destroyed everyone else. Saul and his men spared Agag's life and kept the best of the sheep and goats, the cattle, the fat calves, and the lambs, everything, in fact, that appealed to them. They destroyed only what was worthless or of poor quality. Then the Lord said to Samuel, I am sorry that I ever made Saul king, for he has not been loyal to me and has refused to obey my command. Samuel was so deeply moved when he heard this that he cried out to the Lord all night. Early the next morning, Samuel went to find Saul. Someone told him Saul went to the town of Carmel to set up a monument to himself. Then he went on to Gilgal. When Samuel finally found him, Saul greeted him cheerfully. May the Lord bless you, he said. I have carried out the Lord's command. Then what is all the bleeding of sheep and goats and the lowing of cattle, I hear? Samuel demanded. It's true that the army spared the best of the sheep, goats, and cattle, Saul admitted, but they are going to sacrifice them to the Lord your God. We have destroyed everything else. Then Samuel said to Saul, Stop. Listen to what the Lord told me last night. What did he tell you? Saul asked. And Samuel told him, Although you may think little of yourself, are you not the leader of the tribes of Israel? The Lord has anointed you king of Israel, and the Lord sent you on a mission and told you, Go and completely destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, until they are all dead. Why haven't you obeyed the Lord? Why did you rush for the plunder and do what was evil? in the Lord's sight. But I did obey the Lord, Saul insisted. I carried out the mission he gave me. I brought back King Agag, but I destroyed everyone else. 
Then my troops brought in the best of the sheep, goats, cattle, and plunder, to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. But Samuel replied, What is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices, or your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice, and submission is better than the offering of the fat of rams. Rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft, and stubbornness as bad as worshipping idols. So because you have rejected the command of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. Then Saul admitted to Samuel, Yes, I have sinned. I have disobeyed your instructions and the Lord's command, for I was afraid of the people and did what they demanded. But now, please, forgive my sin and come back with me so that I may worship the Lord. But Samuel replied, I will not go back with you. Since you have rejected the Lord's command, he has rejected you as king of Israel. As Samuel turned to go, Saul tried to hold him back and tore the hem of his robe. And Samuel said to him, The Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today and has given it to someone else, one who is better than you. And he who is the glory of Israel will not lie, nor will he change his mind, for he is not human that he should change his mind. Then Saul pleaded again, I know I have sinned, but please, at least honor me before the elders of my people and before Israel by coming back with me, so that I may worship the Lord your God. So Samuel finally agreed and went back with him, and Saul worshipped the Lord. Then Samuel said, Bring King Agag to me. Agag arrived full of hope, for he thought, Surely the worst is over and I have been spared. But Samuel said, As your sword has killed the sons of many mothers, now your mother will be childless. And Samuel cut Agag to pieces before the Lord at Gilgal. Then Samuel went home to Ramah, and Saul returned to his house at Gibeah. Samuel never went to meet with Saul again, but he mourned constantly for him. And the Lord was sorry he had ever made Saul king of Israel. Now the Lord said to Samuel, You have mourned long enough for Saul. I have rejected him as king of Israel, so fill your flask with olive oil and go to Bethlehem. Find a man named Jesse who lives there, for I have selected one of his sons to be my king. But Samuel asked, How can I do that? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. Take a heifer with you, said the Lord, and say that you have come to make a sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you which of his sons to anoint for me. So Samuel did as the Lord instructed. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town came trembling to meet him. What's wrong, they asked. Do you come in peace? Yes, Samuel replied. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Purify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. Then Samuel performed the purification rite for Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice too. When they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab and thought, Surely this is the Lord's anointed. But the Lord said to Samuel, Don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. 
The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse told his son Aminadab to step forward and walk in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, This is not the one the Lord has chosen. Next Jesse summoned Shemiah, but Samuel said, Neither is this the one the Lord has chosen. In the same way, all seven of Jesse's sons were presented to Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen any of these. Then Samuel asked, Are these all the sons you have? There are still the youngest, Jesse replied, but he's out in the fields watching the sheep and goats. Send for him at once, Samuel said. We will not sit down to eat until he arrives. So Jesse sent for him. He was dark and handsome, with beautiful eyes. And the Lord said, This is the one. Anoint him. So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of olive oil he had brought and anointed David with the oil. And the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. Then Samuel returned to Ramah. Now the Spirit of the Lord had left Saul, and the Lord sent a tormenting spirit that filled him with depression and fear. Some of Saul's servants said to him, A tormenting spirit from God is troubling you. Let us find a good musician to play the harp whenever the tormenting spirit troubles you. He will play soothing music, and you will soon be well again. All right, Saul said, find me someone who plays well and bring him here. One of the servants said to Saul, One of Jesse's sons from Bethlehem is a talented harp player. Not only that, he is a brave warrior, a man of war and has good judgment. He is also a fine-looking young man, and the Lord is with him. So Saul sent messengers to Jesse to say, Send me your son David, the shepherd. Jesse responded by sending David to Saul, along with a young goat, a donkey loaded with bread, and a wineskin full of wine. So David went to Saul and began serving him. Saul loved David very much, and David became his armor-bearer. Then Saul sent word to Jesse, asking, Please, let David remain in my service, for I am very pleased with him. And whenever the tormenting spirit from God troubled Saul, David would play the harp. Then Saul would feel better, and the tormenting spirit would go away. John 8, 1-20 Yeshua returned to the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Yeshua, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him, but Yeshua stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer, so he stood up again and said, All right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus, Yeshua, was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Yeshua stood up again and said to the woman, Where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. 
And Yeshua said, Neither do I. Go and sin no more. Yeshua spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. The Pharisees replied, You are making those claims about yourself. Such testimony is not valid. Yeshua told them, These claims are valid even though I make them about myself, for I know where I came from and where I am going, but you don't know this about me. You judge me by human standards, but I do not judge anyone, and if I did, my judgment would be correct in every respect, because I am not alone. The Father who sent me is with me. Your own law says that if two people agree about something, their witness is accepted as fact. I am one witness, and my Father who sent me is the other. Where is your Father? they asked. Yeshua answered, Since you don't know who I am, you don't know who my Father is. If you knew me, you would also know my Father. Yeshua made these statements while he was teaching in the section of the temple known as the treasury, but he was not arrested because his time had not yet come. Psalm 110, 1-7 The Lord said to my Lord, Sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. The Lord will extend your powerful kingdom from Jerusalem. You will rule over your enemies. When you go to war, your people will serve you willingly. You are arrayed in holy garments, and your strength will be renewed each day like the morning dew. The Lord has taken an oath and will not break his vow. You are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. The Lord stands at your right hand to protect you. He will strike down many kings when his anger erupts. He will punish the nations and fill their lands with corpses. He will shatter heads over the whole earth but he himself will be refreshed from brooks along the way. He will be victorious. Proverbs 15, 8-10 The Lord detests the sacrifice of the wicked, but he delights in the prayers of the upright. The Lord detests the way of the wicked, but he loves those who pursue godliness. Whoever abandons the right path will be severely disciplined. Whoever hates correction will die. I'm going to depart from the actual scriptures that we read today and focus in on a different scripture, and that is Psalm 37. And the reason I want to zoom in on that is because I think it'll really speak to your heart. I know it speaks to my heart. And to provide a context and a framework, I don't know about you, but any time I spend even just a little tiny bit of time in the news, it is so discouraging. It's nothing but bad news. It just seems like the United States of America is going to hell at a handbasket. And we hear all this news about banks that are failing and high inflation and the Federal Reserve raising their interest rates. And it's like almost like a Great Depression. We hear about the de-dollarization move and how the dollar is going bye-bye. It's becoming worthless. And it's just 
really sad to see the nation just really being destroyed from within. We see hundreds of thousands of illegals crossing the border from both the South and from the North, and they're not just from Latin America. Many of them are coming from the Middle East and from China. It is truly an invasion. And it's all just very, very discouraging and depressing and discouraging to see all this bad news. So that's why I wanted to zoom in on Psalm 37, because it really spoke to my heart, and I believe it'll speak to your heart as well. And so in Psalm 37, I'm just going to read some verses from it, and then we'll talk about it. Psalm 37, verse 1. Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Let me just pause right there. We see so much crime and corruption going on in our government. We see the Hunter laptop, the the laptop from hell, and all of the criminal activity that apparently the Biden family cabal has been involved in for probably decades with pornography and human trafficking and all kinds of shady deals made with China and Ukraine at the expense of taxpayers. And and, and it looks like, and it seems like nothing happens. None of these criminals are being held accountable. We see how Fauci got away with the crime of the century, with uh, crimes against humanity, with these ridiculous lockdowns and mandates and mask mandates and pushing this jab, experimental use jab on people that has cost so many lives, people who've died, who've been disabled and injured, and and no accountability. It just seems like nothing happens to them. And yet verse 2 of Psalm 37 is reassuring us that God sees everything, and he is going to deal with this. They shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Verse 3, so what are we to do when we see all this distressing and discouraging and depressing news going on around us? Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. So we're to feed on his faithfulness. We're not to feed on a steady diet of the bad news whether it comes from the mainstream propaganda machine or it even comes from the alternative conservative news sites. Feed on his faithfulness. Verse 4, delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. So we are to turn our eyes on Yeshua and delight in him, rest in him, Trust in him. Worship him. Spend time with him. Verse 5. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Do you have a vision or a dream that seems impossible? Commit it. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will bring it to pass. It may take some time but he will bring it to pass. 
Verse 6, he shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Verse 7, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. So when we see all these insane laws that are passed out of the Congress, the Inflation Reduction Act, which does quite the opposite, but it increases inflation. It's a huge spending bill. And we see, you know, them hiring 81,000 new IRS tax agents, and they're going after the small businesses. And it seems like the red tape and the growth of big government is just, it's like a monster. And it just swallows up all of our money in taxes. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Verse 8. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only causes harm. So what is it? He's said now three times in this psalm, do not fret. Don't be anxious. Don't be worried. Don't gnash your teeth about this. It only causes harm to yourself. Why? Verse 9, for evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait on the Lord shall inherit the earth. This requires patience. It requires humility, and it requires trust. We cannot fix this. We cannot drain this swamp ourselves. It's way too big. It's way too evil. There's way too corrupt, too much corruption. And God is going to deal with it. For evildoers shall be cut off. What are we to do? We are to wait on the Lord, and we will inherit the earth. Verse 10. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall be no more. Indeed, you will look carefully for his place, but it shall be no more. God is promising here he's going to deal with the wicked. Where there has been injustice, where there have been our 9-11, January 6th prisoners, more than 800 prisoners are still locked up in the Gulag Washington prisons without due process, without trial, without uh, being allowed to see attorneys or being allowed to see spouses or children, VA benefits cut off. It's like they're in North Korea or the Gulag of Russia. Yet a little while, and the wicked shall be no more. Indeed, you will look carefully for his place, but it shall be no more. Verse 11. The meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. The wicked plots against the just and gnashes at him with his teeth. We see all kinds of wicked schemes, wicked plots against the righteous, and they gnash at us with their teeth. Verse 13, the Lord laughs at him, for he sees that his day is coming. So I just wanted you to meditate on that, reflect on that, really soak in it. Take it into your spirit. And when you start to get fretting, 
worried, concerned, anxious, or even angry at the way this nation is going down the tubes with the incompetent leadership, with the evil leadership, the puppet and then the handlers. Just read that psalm and wait upon the Lord and trust in him. God is going to deal with all this wickedness. He will. Rest in him and trust in him. And may his shalom and his peace be with you. Have a blessed day and we'll see you tomorrow. Shalom. Please enjoy this beautiful worship song, Psalm 37, sung by the sons of Korah. Don't fret because of evil men Or envy those who sin For like the grass they'll wither soon Like plants they'll die away They soon will die Trust in God, do good and dwell in safety in the land. Delight yourself in God alone, and He will give to you the desires of your heart. Commit your I
from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.